the 19th of Shays, in the Year of the Shadows. Late last night I returned home from my duties as royal envoy to find my kin in a greater uproar than the southern city I had left behind. Ten months of Westgate's problems shrivel to insignificance when compared to the tragedy that has befallen the clan of the Wyvern Spurs of Immersee. How could the flattening of an entire neighborhood by a dragon corpse, followed by an earthquake, and an underworld power struggle, hope to compete with the theft of a family heirloom, no larger than a zucchini and uglier than three-week-old sausage? A hunk of junk is what Uncle Drone has always called the wyvern's spur, said heirloom, and, considering all the trouble it has been, I am inclined to agree with him. No doubt the family would have donated it to a church rummage generations ago, if not for the detestable prophecy that came with it. According to family legend, the wyvern who presented it to old Patton Wyvernspur way back when, promised that the family line would never die out as long as we held on to the gruesome chunk of mummified beastie. Logically, it doesn't follow that losing the dratted thing guarantees our demise. But we've always been a superstitious lot, we wyvern spurs, so there is a family conclave tonight at Aunt Dorothy's lair at Redstone Castle. Although I have not yet unpacked from my journeys on behalf of the crown, I am expected to attend. Someone will need to comfort Aunt Doroth. An oldest nephew's lot is never easy. Gioji laid his quill pen on the writing table and left the journal open for the ink to dry. He didn't feel it necessary to add that his great-aunt would find his presence comforting only insofar as it would give her something else to criticize. He planned to leave his journal to posterity someday, and there were some things posterity just didn't need to know. As far as Aunt Doroth was concerned, Gioji had dishonored the Wyvernspur family last year with his disgraceful, but as Gioji would put it, dead-on imitation of King Azun IV, which had resulted in Gioji's near assassination by the cursed sellsword alias of Westgate and the disruption of an entire wedding reception. Nor had Doroth, the matriarch of Clan Wyvernspur, been impressed by her nephew's tale of his subsequent hair-raising encounter with a red dragon named Mist. To her mind, any young man who could not avoid entanglements with assassins and monsters needed to be sent far away for an extended period. Aunt Doroth had assumed that His Majesty Azun had exiled Gioji in disgrace for those transgressions. What Doroth, and most of the general population, had not known was that King Azun actually had assigned Gioji a secret mission, to discover the whereabouts of Alias of Westgate, the king's potential assassin. Not that I needed to be assigned, Gioji thought. I seem destined to run into the woman or her relatives, wherever I roam. Yet after Gioji had spotted her near Westgate that summer, she seemed to have vanished from the realms entirely. Gioji rose from his writing desk and stretched. His fingertips brushed against one of the overhead chandeliers. He was a very tall young man, a legacy from both his father and his mother. Last year he'd been slender and clean-cut, but his travels had left him gaunt, and his hair in desperate need of a trim. His sandy brown locks straggled down his sunburned neck and back, and into his muddy brown eyes in front. His long face made his features seem less plain than they were. He bore no resemblance, however, 
to the other living members of the Wyvernspur family, who all had thin lips, hawk-like noses, blue eyes, pale skin, and dark hair. Taking up his goblet of mulled wine, Gioji crossed the parlor to the fireplace, where he warmed his fingers by the flames. It would take a day or two of blazing fires to chase the last of the winter chill and damp from the parlor. Uncertain as to his master's return, Thomas, Gioji's manservant, had decided not to waste wood and effort heating an empty house. Gioji shuddered to think of the effect that ten months of such neglect had on the plush wool Kalimshan carpeting, the brilliant Sembian satin furniture coverings, and the Cormirian duskwood paneling. At least, it being the month of chaise, the returning spring sunshine kept ice from forming on the leaded glass windows.